0: This is a tale about an unprejudiced heart, and how it changed our valley forever. There was a time not so long ago, when pigs were afforded no respect, except by other pigs. They lived their whole lives in a cruel and sunless world.
1: And so begins this edition of Filmically Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. Today we are looking at the perfect film, Babe, and to tell us exactly why we welcome George Willeman. George, good morning.
2: Good morning. Happy day after Thanksgiving. Yeah,
1: no doubt. George Willeman, the Nitrate Film Archivist for the Library of Congress. Also, we welcome Mr. J. Todd Anderson. J. Todd.
0: Hey, hey, I'll do the talking here. Stand, stand aside, pig.
1: <laughs> Storyboard artist. I know, Nikki. I'm doing very well. Thank stand aside, <laughs> pig. You are what you mean. Hey. Very pig, ham, pork-filled day here on Filmically Perfect on 91.3. It is uh, with great happiness, I have to say, that we're doing this film. Uh, J. Todd, George, we've had a lot of people who, as they hear Filmically Perfect, say, you got to do babe, and indeed, we have it here today. <coughs> Filmically Perfect, these films are perfect for reasons. It's not uh, just, uh, just a simple whimsical little something there's no, a this is a
0: process and you know we have very very good perimeters for our uh, understanding of these movies being perfect first
2: they create the world they exist in and they wholly sustain that world and regardless of changes in society they retain their meaning and entertainment value and no never ever could one of our films be rated better than
0: the other numerically? Because they are perfect in their own scale.
1: In and of themselves. Amen. This is not a competition except the film to itself. And you've chosen Babe. Let's uh, take a moment to think about Babe. Oh, what year was this film out?
2: Um, <laughs> drag. You know, the One thing I didn't look at. How embarrassing. <laughs>
0: That's great. I think 1995 I think that would be 90s, just about yes,
1: right yeah 90s. and uh, set the uh, set the animal film movie industry on its ear um, what is it about it this film that first struck you gents how did you know and I bet well, you knew pretty early on
2: well first thing I want to come out with is a question is what does Mad Max have to do with <laughs> babe the talking pig <laughs> Yeah, it's not carnage on the highway
0: with a pig truck or anything right, like that, you, you know. Right, you the
1: first thing. It's not like
0: an uh, overturned pig truck on the highway with guys with motorcycles, no, no, no. That's probably going to be this third sequel to this movie because the second <laughs> one didn't do very well. But
1: it was a good movie. It was a very good movie if you'll open yourself up to its complete strangeness. But uh, what do Babe and Mad Max have in common, George?
2: Well, they have the same daddy, basically, <laughs> uh, George Miller the The director of Mad Max was the producer, and his company made uh, Babe, and also also made the sequel. and And even now, he's continuing his sort of family film. Uh, Trilogy with uh, the currently out *Happy Feet*, the film about the penguins.
1: Oh, and that's getting a little heat. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen it?
2: No, I have not. Not yeah. seen it yet.
1: Yeah. So, *Babe*, um, a perfect movie, for the fact that it uh, creates its world, sustains it, and it has relevance uh, through time. Mm-hmm. I-, I tend to agree with you guys. Could you give me just though, maybe just a quick synopsis? What's the what's the scenario? What scene have they created?
2: Well, the basic the basics uh, story of *Babe* is it's the story of this small pig. Uh, who's? Uh, you know, he's about a hundred and twenty pounder. For all your farmers out there, a hundred twenty pounder. Well, he may have been when he grew up, but when this film was made, he was only about sixteen pounds. Um, and he is a, a runt, actually. So he's given over to a county fair for a, a guess the weight contest, and he's won by this uh, this very quiet. Uh, kind of stoic farmer, Farmer Hoggett, Farmer,
1: Hogget. farmer Hogget, Hogget. Which is James
2: Cromwell's,
0: James Cromwell's probably one of the best roles he ever did. And he
1: barely speaks.
0: He barely speaks, but he is, he's such, such, he sets such a profile on this movie of, of
2: driving, you know, this little dream of this pig becoming something bigger than it is. And I think this film actually really brought him to the forefront as an actor. He, he's one of those, uh, you know, Overnight successes after 20 years in the business. Because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing the first time I saw him, I think, was in uh, Murder by Death. He plays a French chauffeur. It's a really rather goofy role. Hey, but he really came alive after the pig movie, man. I'll tell you. Did always... he get an,
1: an, an Academy nomination for that? Or uh, did he?
2: Highly possible. I don't
1: remember. Yeah. Yeah, but I t- I, it does seem that I he, know that he
2: has gotten them since. Yeah. I mean he's been, and a couple things I've seen him he's been really, really good.
1: So he plays a uh, uh, farmer Hoggett Hogget. in a film yeah. in which he barely speaks and does some of the finest acting you'll see. So, takes the pig in.
2: Right, he takes the pig in, and he and his wife. Of course, his wife immediately has the idea of, oh, how much they're going to get out of this pig? Two hams and pork chops and bacon. And, you know, lucky so,
0: little pork chop, she calls. Yeah, it. Sweet <laughs>
2: meats and <laughs> measuring blah, blah, him blah, with a blah. stick, you know, lucky little pork chop. So of course it's pretty much set that he's going to end up on their uh, Christmas dining table. So he begins to meet some of the animals in the barnyard where he lives, and there's this duck that wants to be a rooster, and, and there's who steals the movie right. Yeah. There's uh, there's the rooster who's sort of this bad-tempered, rather Scottish-sounding rooster. There's uh, various uh, puppies that belong to the two dogs who mend, uh, mind the sheep, and then there's the sheep themselves. They so,
1: figured largely, yeah, yeah. So there's
2: uh, these different animals. He all Babe kind of learns the different takes on life that these animals have, and, and they all kind of look down on him a little bit because they know that he is little more than a meal for the humans.
1: But he doesn't know
2: it. He doesn't know it. Uh, the cat, of course, being an evil, evil cat, uh, sort of upsets Babe by telling him that he's going to be a meal. Yeah, she, they inform she the, the cat informs the pig on
0: how things are, and then he goes. The pig goes to his mama dog, who is proxied, you know, for, and she says, "Yes, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to pull any punches. You are bacon, my friend. You are not quite like that, of course, but
2: <laughs> cold hard reality and
0: yeah. truth. And and the, and the mother lets him have it, you know. And you got to respect this mother dog for doing that, you know, because, uh, you know, things got to get better because you know you're watching a movie,
2: um, right? Well. But Babe's being with the, the, uh, the sheepdogs begins to sort of give him an idea of, of what he wants to do, and, and just sort of on his own, he begins taking on sort of sheepdoggish traits. Um, at one point, the farmer is watching Babe out the window as he takes the brown chickens and the white chickens and lines them up in two rows, and the farmer gets the idea there might be something to this, and he actually begins training, trying to train the pig to be a sheepdog or a sheep pig.
1: And it's interesting because this has a strange relevance to the uh, novel Animal Farm in, in a strange way. And in fact, one of the uh, little... Segments. They have an interesting mechanism for moving the movie along, where the three mice come up and sort of. Yeah, the three split. mice are
0: only really great. The transitions are marvelous. But you know, one of the things that solidifies the pig and his worth to the farmer is how he stops those sheep rustlers from taking the sheep away.
1: Yeah, a pig.
0: The pig goes out there and intercepts the sheep rustlers. You know, <laughs> and of course the father dog, who can't hear very well and knows that his his days are limited because he can't do anything, can't hear anything. He's just a little slow, as the mother says. Can't get in front of those sheep the way he used to. Uh, well, the you know the value of the pig just goes up, which means his chances of becoming Christmas dinner go
2: down in the movie. But but the only one who seems to notice this is the farmer. Uh, the rest of the family begin to think that now he's getting a little nutty because he's trying to train this uh, this pig to be a sheepdog. And then when he enters Babe in the uh, the sheepdog competition, he of course raises the ire of everybody.
1: Because they can't believe they
2: can't believe that he would insult the destroying the
0: legacy of those beautiful sheepdogs. My one of my favorite parts in the movie is when the when the pig and the uh, farmer bond together. The wife takes off and leaves him all this meat to eat, you know, in the <laughs> refrigerator. You know, here's this, you know, the shanker. Wah, 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 wah. But and the pig bonds with the farmer there, you know, because the pig's uh, really depressed. And he runs away because he knows he's bacon, you know, right. he's and he comes back. Out. Yeah, and the farmer does dances for him and everything. J- James Cromwell does this crazy dance, which to for a- some reason that scene, because the way it's directed and the way it works. It works perfectly. <laughs>
1: Honestly, it really is a perfect movie in every way. Tell us a little bit, Jay Todd, about the the making of the film. And I mean, the sets are incredible. The, Some the beautiful photography. nighttime
0: photography, and I tell you that is one of the coolest farms I've ever seen. I know. And, know, and
1: they constructed it. I find I find out they they actually built that. It wasn't an existing place, and I thought they should have auctioned that off after it was done. Who wouldn't want to live in that just amazing thatch roof farmhouse with the curves <laughs> well, and
2: the except uh, that if it's like most movie sets, you go in the front door and there would be <laughs> nothing there right. except big boards holding the front of the building up but yeah I mean the, the farm everything in the movie the farm especially looks like these illustrations in these classic children's yes. books it, it's, it's it very really idealized is, farm it's a perfect emulation of
0: a, of a book and, and that's what it is exactly you know? and the
1: music is so good the, the visuals are so good let's let's do talk a little bit about how um, I, I think the, it was sort of a gentleman farmer that wrote the book originally
2: right I don't know a whole lot about him. his name is Dick King Smith. And and actually, he's written a huge series of books of, about and mostly about animals, and um and it was his book, the sheep pig, that was the genesis for this film.
1: In fact, I saw that the the, the way it got the made, it was pig. I think it's say the fellow who also did the Mad Match. Mad uh, George S- Miller. George Miller, I guess, was traveling on a plane and heard the BBC reviewing that book, and the woman. Reviewing it, couldn't quit laughing, as she was telling the story of this. And he thought, "Well, my heavens! Something that can make these staid, stoic, you know, make a BBC reporter completely bust a gut has to be worthwhile." And clearly, hey, it George, is.
0: Hey, hmm. George, isn't this film one of the first ones to do that uh, clever anima- animatronic with the mouths, you know, on the animals and everything? Yeah, uh, they well, speak. yeah,
2: the um, that's one of the other things about it is that it it is one of the perfect perfect meshings of. I mean, they used live animals in a lot of scenes, but they also used computer animations to to animate their mouths to the words. And unlike some of the old, uh, you know, like the cow singing Cow Cow Boogie back in the 40s, right. uh, in this one they actually, you know, manipulated the faces so the using computers. So the lips form the action. It's just
1: amazing.
2: But then they also used, not only that, but they had, some, they had animatronic animals. They also had just standard puppets. Uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop did a lot of the work in there. So there's a lot of muppetry behind there. And, um, and then the logistics of just getting some of the animals. Because sometimes they're like real animals actually seem to act and react to the situations of the film, which is truly astonishing. It, at,
0: you know, one of the reasons why this movie works so well is that you never notice it. <laughs> you're just you're along for the ride, and uh, the storytelling is, is so deft that you just never notice it. And you're just wrapped up in this movie right from the very beginning. Um, one of the classic paradigm movies you know and just uh, just when it becomes a not perfect movie things work to make it a perfect movie. For instance the dog redeems the, the boss dog redeems himself by going to the, the sheep and he, nego- he uses some of the negotiation skills that the pig has taught him. <laughs> Instead of like barking at the sheep, they negotiate with the sheep now, you know, and, and po- treat them politely, you know, because they're all, you know, the, the sheep are stupid and the dogs are ignorant. Because sheep say and the it's dogs just are the ignorant. That's the way it's things are. That's the way things are. One of the things are, that the yes.
1: little mice say, you know, just the, way things are. It's just the way things are.
0: And then they take the secret password. Should we reveal the password, George? Or
2: oh, let's go ahead. Let's reveal the secret password. I well, think it's useful.
0: I've heard it in bar fights a lot. <laughs> Um, ba ram you. Oh, ba
2: ram you. Wham wham.
1: To your face. Yeah, you to your.
2: Yeah, you gotta be real careful if you're using that in any farm, you know. So. Yeah,
0: the sheep will come and just beat the stuffings out of That's you, right. man. I do
1: not want to say the secret sheep code without a just cause. You, I know, say, you know, I remember meeting.
0: one time I saw my little brother running in from the fields and the sheep were chasing him. What happened? Of course, he'd seen babe. You know, he said, Ba ram you. Uh,
1: it's a gorgeous story. It's just lovely about uh, That was of course self- before we <laughs> fed
0: the little uh, the little boy to the pigs, you know? You know that old fable. Right. That's a different movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's a story of overcoming the way things are and stereotypically accepted, you know, norms and parameters for what we can and cannot achieve. And it really is a story of triumph. And all this set, just a fantastic story set to amazing visuals, amazing music, and uh, and Maybe technical just mention, excellence.
2: Just mention about the music, one of the things that first attracted me to the film when I first saw it is that the main, the main theme, the theme that runs throughout the, the music used for the... The song that Farmer Hoggett sings uh, is uh, Camille Sanson's third symphony, the organ symphony. Which, so beautiful. Which is actually my absolute favorite piece of classical music. In fact, after watching the movie, I had to get my LP out of it and listen to it at full blast. Of course, Felicia wasn't home at the time. So, right. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, And he Felicia. brought
0: some pigs into the living room, which would have really outraged her. <laughs>
2: Well, they weren't actually pigs, but they were our cats who are about as big as pigs. And they, <laughs> they think they're
0: pigs now. They watch the movie.
1: We're talking about Babe with the film guys on Film Perfect on 91.3 WYSO. <laughs> babe, a perfect film in all ways. Uh, just really, there's just not a chink in it. Uh, groundbreaking animatronics with uh, and a computer-generated mouths on these animals. You believe them. You believe oh, man, that pig. I'll
0: tell you. You know, and the, the most striking words in this movie are at the end when Cromwell says, that'll do, pig. I can't tell you how that just kind of hits me because I've been in the movie business for 20 years and I've seen that look before. You know, <laughs> when, you're, when you're finished with a job, and I can just hear him saying, "That'll, That'll do, do Jay Todd. you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: A man of just so few words it's all done a lot of a lot of gesture a lot of uh, nuance and filmically perfect the boys say so and uh, I tend to agree. we love
2: this movie man I it just, really I is I can watch good. this movie a lot and never really get tired and of it let me just add this real quick oh, this was an interesting one when we started putting together because uh, I could not find and actually uh, Jay Todd could not even find out in Los Angeles a copy of this movie on DVD. The reason being that Universal who owns the film is preparing a brand new super deluxe fancy schmancy DVD release for uh, January of 2007. So I can't
1: believe they wouldn't do it in time for
0: Christmas. Yeah, I know. So so <laughs> those ah, are Christmas got- is bad in this movie. man. I mean, Christmas yeah. is not a good day in this movie <laughs> for Warner. Carnage. Carnage. Yeah, yeah it's Yeah, Christmas is carnage. <laughs> This, this is garbage. Dave,
1: a perfect movie on 91.3 WYSO. I have to say that um, it, the testament for me is that my children love this movie. And there's something about children's psyche that repetition is. The way that they retain, receive, and love. They just like to hear things over and over and over. And I'm so sick of virtually every <laughs> movie that we have for the children except this one. I can sit down you know, any time and watch it. And they it. don't
0: rescue anybody in this movie either. Most children's movies nowadays, there's somebody's always oh, yeah. being rescued. You know? and, and, or, or everything's well, fixed and with the, a hug.
2: As beautiful as this film is, the the pall of death hangs over it constantly. Yeah,
0: they ride the you know the writers and the producers uh, and the director of course rode the wild edge of storytelling in this cuz I could just hear some of these story conferences. Will we disturb children here or will we be here? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, we better edit this out. This will disturb children. I can just hear these conferences, but it, they play it so close and so tight through this in the narrative aspect of this movie. And cinematically, it's wonderful. It never like many of the movies we review like The Iron Giant does not have a bad shot. Mm. And you're dealing with real animals here, which is, that's very difficult, you know? You spend a lot of time, anytime you deal with kids or animals, you double (laughs) your time on the set. You you double it every time because what's going to take normally an hour will take, it's like an effect. It'll take like, you know, a, a lot more takes and a lot more time. And they do this like... They've been doing it all their life. It's amazing. I don't know of any animal movie where they've had, you know, even Lassie and all that stuff, you can always see the dog looking at the master. Is this okay? Should I do this? You know? Never once does that pig look to its master.
1: You know, it. the yeah. director in the in the extra commentary, the, you know, the extra bits on the DVD, was mentioning that um, if we understood how intelligent pigs are, oh, man, we they wouldn't would, eat They'd be eat ham. running the world, man. We wouldn't man. eat bacon. That, that apparently these pigs... Um, still remember their cues these little things that they were taught yay those years ago they still remember them they're just amazingly intelligent all
0: the pigs have beetle haircuts in this and we can't figure out which one they're Mod. trying to emulate you know possibly a rolling stone at, uh, from the 60s or something but you know why is that george why do they all have beetle haircuts well, I think
2: the, the main reason for it is it was a way of, of keeping babe very recognizable in the film even though he's really the only pig but they had to, because little pigs grow so quickly, and the film took such a long time to make, they went through, like, I don't know, 15 or 20 little pigs playing babe before the film was done. So they would just glue that little toop on his on his head. So by he the way, he's
1: supposed to be um, a male. Although they always had him played by uh, little female pigs because the... The hindquarters on the male were, that they thought, just too shocking. So despite the fact that males, that he's supposed to be a male pig, <laughs> he's played always by female little piglets, just so a little a, a, factoid. A cross-dressing
2: pig, that's, that's interesting too. With a toop. <laughs> oh, one other last thing. When, when you were talking about uh, pigs being so smart that we wouldn't eat them, yeah. um, just this last week a friend of mine who I work with told me that when she saw this film uh, – it is the film that actually made her become a vegetarian, <gasps> oh. and I have a feeling that probably happened for a lot. In fact, I've heard that even when this film came out, a lot of meat sales went down because the kids were like, I'm not going to eat, babe. Oh. And he's the
0: other white meat.
2: Come on.
1: <laughs> thought that up. Anyway. <laughs> Good one. Isn't that what they call it? The other white
0: meat.
2: The other
1: white meat we're talking about babe with the film guys a perfect movie we're doing yeah, it here it on post-boy. filmically perfect on 91.3 yeah, a, oh, Gents, that's chicken chicken yeah the, that's the first the white mechanical
0: meat. rooster in this movie Whoa.
1: <laughs> an, an alarm clock yeah. right Right. <laughs> I tell you what, just it, it has depth and nuance that goes on and on and on I firmly agree with your assessment of this uh, as a perfect movie definitely sustains itself I may go home watch it again tonight there you go <laughs> There you go. We got uh, extra prizes today on Filmically Perfect, oh, uh, man, as we usual. Got extra tell today. us, tell us about I'll this. I'll tell you. In
0: honor of Thanksgiving, <laughs> in this movie, we have a spiral slice <laughs> smoke ham to give away from. You know, I went out and bought this at Kroger's yesterday, and. Uh, it is a it is a private selection it says right here private selection and i'm telling you
1: not everybody can have these <laughs> right. yeah,
2: we... shut up shut up <laughs> we're gonna... we'll, we'll tell the story here
1: <laughs> you have to be able to come and get it though we're gonna be we'll That's keep right. it in they... the fridge here in beautifully, the uh,
2: beautifully yeah. holiday rep seven pound <laughs> seven pounds spiral slice smoked ham yeah, a
1: small yeah. deal this but... is a real treat. in addition to a storyboard yeah, signed got by a J. Big Todd Lebowski anderson
0: storyboard to give away copy um, and but i'll tell you you know this. This is it. You know today, you listeners out there, very. You know whatever Nikki sets up on how you can get in here. But all I can tell you
2: is this is one of the best gifts we get away. This is yeah. a Honestly. great ham. You will get a, a a truly fine ham from Two Other Hams.
1: <laughs> Let's see. Do you have a, a but, relatively not too difficult trivia question that uh, ha- a
0: hamorama trivia question? Yes.
1: Here <laughs> <laughs> it is. Fic.
2: Here's the question
0: for the ham. <laughs>
2: In the movie Babe, which of the farm animals wants to be a rooster?
1: That is, which of the farm animals wants to be a rooster? We will take the first correct answer at 769-1998. That's area code 937 769 one nine nine eight, which of the farm, animals yeah. You can also
0: now the next caller calls in, of course, gets the consolation prize of a big Lebowski storyboard. <laughs> you know.
1: We should do wants to be a rooster and why, but yeah, okay. Oh, so, you're, yeah, yeah, you're the show boss, you're the just show, boss. Fun, you're the show boss. So, check it out as we, uh, as she we wears go a out white, here. she
0: wears a red coat and a top hat, and <laughs> right. he has a little cane when we work in here. It's really good.
1: <laughs> We're you gonna know. play the out the train
0: seals outside, and he keeps trying to squeeze us out of our show. <laughs> yeah.
1: The circus right here. Every Friday, we call it Filmically Perfect. Hey, thanks for listening. These are available on podcast. And uh, check out the site, W-Y-S-O Perfect
2: dot-
1: O-R-G. No, I was going to say the Y-S-O site, wyso.org Or you can check the Film Guys site.
2: Yes, the Film Guys site, which is www.PerfectMovie.net. You can also drop us a line as... Uh, as our, our good friend Jeff Luff did last week. Yes. Uh, we you got some can send really us- nice
0: letters from yes, people, indeed.
2: and we really appreciate this. We do. Um, and,
0: and the insight that people tell us is really great. We're, of course, going to steal it all of course. and use it on the
2: show. <laughs>
1: Straight up. Um,
2: but uh, you can write to us at filmguys at perfectmovie.net.
0: Thank you for listening to an archival episode of Filmically Perfect. Please keep an ear out for new episodes of Filmically Perfect, coming very soon to iTunes and hosted on our website, www.perfectmovie.net. See you,
2: please.